Hello everyone and welcome to the Uninformed Handball Hours Morning Club. Chris O'Reilly here with you at the first of two morning clubs this week. And because we have a very special guest on for today's, we're going to make it available for everyone to give you a little taste of what the Morning Club is all about. Usually we post it one every single week on our Patreon. So that's patreon.com forward slash handball hour. And we will have one on Thursday as well, which is exclusively for the Patreon subscribers. But on today's one, we've got an old friend of the podcast, Kim Ekdal-Durier, the former Swedish international player, Reinecker Leuven and PSG player. He's been living in Hong Kong for the last three years, uh, studying and uh, has recently gotten uh, more involved in the handball scene and taken over as the Hong Kong national team coach. And he was just at the Asian Games with them, where they had a short campaign uh, put in the toughest group in the whole competition uh, up against Qatar and South Korea, losing both of those games. Uh, but the, the Hong Kong team in general is a very interesting topic, which is uh, a team full of players who are really doing it for the love of the sport, which I think a lot of us who are involved in this podcast and listen to the podcast can identify with. So Kim, uh, just after getting in the door, after arriving back from the Asian Games in China, had a chat with me this morning about the experience, about his life in Hong Kong and how it is in the handball scene over there. There you are. There we are. Okay. Worked hey, out. Kim. Hold on. I just walked in like 20 minutes okay. ago or so. Nice. That's good to see you again. Uh, you must be exhausted. I'm fine. I mean, it was pretty late night. We stayed up playing board games uh, okay. until like in the morning, and then we took off at seven to go to the airport. Uh, okay. But I mean, it's it's fine. It was a quick sort of in and out. We were only there for four or five days. So yeah, we we could, we could jump straight in. We can uh, could talk yeah. about that. Exit just back from from China and the, the Asian games. And yeah, for, uh, first of all, it surprised me. I thought you would have been playing some, uh, at least, consolation round games or placement games. Yeah, actually, they've had that sort of format to the Asian games uh, previously. I think actually this might be the first time that they didn't have any sort of uh, placement games uh, on there, which was to the big disappointment of, of my team because like normally whatever competition they play or we play now, I mean, they know that they're not there to to win something. So it's mostly sort of play the group games, maybe have one or two nice games against like bigger, uh, more more impressive opponents and then sort of play for the whatever, eighth, ninth, tenth place or so. Um, yeah. But they, and I think it was on there originally this time. Um, okay. And then sort of, well, as they released the schedule, um, we we just sort of found out that no, there's nothing. And I mean, our draw was 
yeah, put us with with Qatar and South Korea. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one hell of a draw to be put in. Like looking at the other groups, um, it seems you really got the group of death there in that regard. Also because the you as as Hong Kong have have done pretty decently in these tournaments over the last few years. So it seems like you were you were shafted a little bit. Uh, so when you when you saw that group and realized it was more than likely just going to be those two games uh, what was the approach to it was it kind of like uh well we've got nothing to lose here guys yeah i mean the team they, they were really disappointed um uh, me maybe i didn't really have much of an opinion but i mean it would have been cool to have like um like i mean I, like one of the groups i think we would have played like kazakhstan or uzbekistan for sort of a possible second place in that group yeah and those are teams that sort of normally are more or less at at our level uh so i mean that would have been really cool to sort of know that there is actually uh, a possibility to to move on uh, last time they they moved on to the main round last time but they were in a group with uh i don't know if it was south korea and then um uh, indonesia and hong kong so that was a bit uh, more of an easy draw i think they, they beat indonesia by like 25 goals uh, that time uh, we could take it back a little bit maybe and i think a lot of people intrigued to how how it all came about and and you coming uh coming to be the coach of the hong kong team uh i know you've been there for for a few years now how long are you, have you been living there yeah i've been here for three years sort of yeah. and uh so you went there to study originally i guess life is treating you very well there i mean how how is life for Kim McDaldure in Hong Kong. I think I think I'm I'm living my maybe so far most happy life. I mean, I was never unhappy, but like before, I was I was sort of yeah, it was a good life. But like now, it's it's feels richer in a way um, somehow. Uh, so life is good, and yeah, exactly. I came, I came three years ago to study, uh, and I'm I, I still am studying so. Okay, and and what is it about it that uh, that seems to fit you so well? Good question. I mean, maybe it's partially that I at least imagine that my future would never be sort of only focused on handball. So handball was more maybe of a temporary project that eventually would come to an end. Um, so maybe sort of the the lacking of, of long term goals and perspective in that sense. And I think now that with my studies and and life in general, I have more of a, a vision into the future i mean uh no one knows what what's going to happen right but but like at least the the feeling of having something more long term that than just sort of this season next season this contract and then yeah who knows how long i'll play so so that that changes a lot uh, um, tell us about what you're what you're studying what's the uh what's the focus of your your studies these days yeah so basically it's the program now is called the master of public and international affairs Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of sort of international relations, uh, yeah, relations between countries, et cetera, um, which I find or that I find extremely interesting. And also, yeah, it's uh, it's stimulating in that sense. And then sort of having uh, side projects like now this assemble thing as well. And it feels like rich in the sense that there are, you know, not only one thing, but, but many things that that really just feels right. That must be particularly interesting doing it in Hong Kong with the international relations. How is life in that sense? Because uh, it seems like, you know, I know some some people from Hong Kong based over in Europe now. And of course, the way they, they talk about life there and, and, you know, the feeling of home there is 
is quite different to what we experience as particularly as Europeans. But what is it what is it like for you there also being involved in the education system? To begin with, I think it's an interesting time to to study sort of international relations and and, and related subjects in, in general uh, nowadays. Uh, maybe even more so in, in Hong Kong or at least sort of being at the intersection somehow of, of, of two opposing worlds or blocks or worldviews. Um, I mean, I'm not in a position to judge anything about sort of Hong Kong's past because I got here three years ago. So that was in the midst of, of, of the pandemic and also sort of right after, um, yeah, turbulent times and, and political shifts, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit um, sad in that sense or that I would have loved to see how, how this place was before sort of know that, yeah, uh, that it's probably hard to, to relive that in that sense. Uh, mm. uh, but, but yeah, it's certainly, it's interesting to just to live in a different reality. I mean, that was one of the reasons I, I went to Hong Kong as well, uh, that I didn't want to stay in, in the Western world, so to say, um, even if I'm into different countries, but just try something that is a bit further away. And how did getting involved in the handball side come about then because um I, I don't know if it was something you you had an eye on or you know i i guess it was it was no like once you arrived there that the people in hong kong handball had their eye on you already it was it just a matter of them taking their time before approaching you or how did it come about yeah a little bit i mean i don't think they were conscious about me being in hong kong okay uh up until well firstly i, I didn't have my me personally, I didn't have my eye on handball at all. I mean, yeah. maybe before I, I didn't see myself as maybe coming back in some way. Uh, okay, but but like being a coach um, was not something that I really had thought about. Um, I, I bumped into uh, one of uh, one of uh, the guys playing at uh, at campus, um, or this guy recognized me, and then sort of. The word spread a little bit and, and they asked me if I wanted to just come down and, and, and play some ball with them. Um, that was two years ago now, or a bit more than two years even. And then they asked me if I wanted to become their coach. And then long story short, there were some visa issues, et cetera, with working permits. Um, and this this little, uh, yeah, the, these issues sort of settled uh, in a good way a few months ago. Uh, so that they could sort of officially hire me. So I've been been uh, hired as their coach since uh, June this year. So. Have you uh, reached out uh, to some old handball contacts in in the meantime? Then to to get a bit of inspiration as any of your former coaches, kind of uh, the model in which you're taking on this job with. Having played many years for many different coaches, I think there are a lot of a lot of different sources of inspiration all over. I think. I think in particular in the last few years uh, of my career uh, that I learned, I think the Paris experience taught me a lot about sort of approaching handball or seeing it differently, having a Spanish coach for the first time in my life mm. after sort of having, yeah, having uh, been coached by only Nordic influenced coaches uh, that like having a completely different way of approaching the game in terms of, of, of tactics and, and just uh, yeah what what handball is supposed to be about made me think and see a lot of things differently and i think it sure 
helped me or has helped me a lot now uh, trying to trying to coach uh, Hong Kong myself. So, I guess the the physicality of the players would fit a Spanish style a bit more as well, huh? I don't know. The physicality of the players wouldn't fit any style. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what they they keep going on with. Keep going on about themselves. I mean, they're well aware of of, of their size yeah. limit. I think. I don't know what the average weight might be, but like seventy something. Uh, okay. Wow. And and I, I saw some stats uh, from the uh, from the Bundesliga recently. Uh, sort of average weight was ninety six or something. Yeah, I think all of uh, the whole team would be among the the lightest player, uh, and, and I mean that is interesting because how you approach the game when you realize that just sort of this physical, the basic, fundamental thing that that everyone in, in Europe sort of has more or less uh, just is not there when you realize that like, shooting the ball when you're I don't know when, when you got seventy kilos to put behind it, uh, your yeah. arms are shorter, etc. That yeah, it's tough. And that's that's interesting because you you got to twist and turn and, and think a lot about how to sort of make things work somehow. Yeah. Are most of the guys or all of the guys based in Hong Kong? Yeah, all, all students are working in something else. It's very much like a uh, you know a, a labor of love style approach for the team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most of the guys, I think maybe half of them, they're still studying. The other half is a bit older. Uh, and Hamble in Hong Kong sort of exists within this framework framework of, of university. Mm-hmm. A lot. Once you graduate, there is a league, um, but the teams, they practice one time a week, I think. Most of the games are outdoors. But most of the guys, uh, the, the guys on the team, they, they don't have like full-time nine-to-five jobs. Uh, Base uh, mostly because they want to at least try, uh, like giving this passion uh, of theirs, which is handball, sort of a, a decent try. Because otherwise, working life in Hong Kong and then sort of taking the bus or the metro to I don't know whatever locations we might be having our practices at after work is sort of hard. So, so most of the guys they are coaching uh, school teams or whatever uh, themselves. Okay. Yeah. All right, so these these guys sound like maybe it's a bit more of a labor than a labor of love. It's a real like they're they're throwing a lot into this, uh, which I yeah. guess a lot a lot of responsibility for you as well. Um, I mean, I don't know, but but it's definitely very motivating as a coach or motivating. But I mean, it's it's in terms of of uh, attitude and those parts. I mean, these guys they just want to go out there and give it their best and then they see how far it will take them uh but but it's touching in a way for someone who has lived like my handball life has always been about like winning the games uh and i mean it's rare that you ever sort of get beaten by 10 15 20 goals right uh but but for these guys it's like every single like if we lose by 10 instead of 15 they're going to fight for every single every single goal which is uh yeah it's 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 very nice to see coming up next is there's the asian championship uh in january i guess the team is involved in that as well i can't see any any group draw for that but that's going to be in bahrain right yeah exactly uh the draw i don't know when the draw is going to be taking place but uh yeah hong kong is just gonna gonna be there okay so it's already uh straight into preparing for the next big one 
Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I we'll see because my my this first time contract of mine was um, sort of tied to to the Asian Games and uh, runs until end of October. Because normally, um, I mean, handball in Hong Kong, uh, they don't have much funding uh, or whatsoever. I mean, I don't do it for the money either, but I do need some sort of recompensation to to sort of take uh, the time investment, etc. Sure. So basically, uh, when there are bigger international competitions coming up, so like in this case, the Asian Games, there are a lot of government grants and, and, and funding that comes in to sort of hire external resources Okay. to help you prepare for the competition uh, like not only handball but a lot of sort of french uh sport uh, sports as well um so they applied for the funding for the asian games and then now we'll see what what's uh what's going to be in the continuation but yeah i mean i would love to continue uh, i think the guys would want me to stay on as well and i think there are other possibilities of, of having different or similar solutions as well um but yeah, otherwise it's straight into the preparation. I mean, we got our preparation. We have three or four months, uh, and hopefully there are more games to play uh, in January. So, as has the experience this week in uh, this past week in China changed? Uh, any kind of perspective for you now that you've kind of firsthand seen your guys in action against these top teams? I mean, I was keen on continuing, sort of pushing them forward in any case, but but these two games, the past two days, has definitely just reinforced uh, this feeling of mine. Um, it was, in particular, the first game, I mean, it was my first game as well as, as a coach, uh, which is, of course, very, very different, but it was, I was touched by sort of just the guys in general and having this, these sort of, yeah, this bunch of friends from Hong Kong who, just play handball because they love it, uh, knowing that they're going to get badly beaten, sort of, um, and but still being out there and, and, and just, yeah, playing against guitar in Korea, it's, it's uh, yeah, it has definitely made me more keen on it. Kind of realistically speaking, the performances actually, at least on paper, because I haven't been able to see them, but they look pretty decent. I mean, for, for a team like that against these powerhouses so to speak keeping them under 40 goals that first half performances look pretty good yeah i mean uh, comparing to a few years back even though i think qatar and south korea might have been a little bit better years mm. back I'm, I, I'm not sure i'm not, not, in, not in a position to tell but but at least so i've heard a little bit but i mean i'm at least with the first game i'm very happy uh the team uh all the guys around etc they're extremely happy about the result. I'd say last time they got beaten by 49 to 14, mm. uh, where a few years back. And I mean, yeah, this time it was 36 to 18. And in the, and in the second game against South Korea, I think it was 14 to 32. So it was an 18 goal margin in, in both games. Uh, the Korea game, however, was, yeah, I think, I mean, we're all fine with, with the result, but the first half was pretty catastrophic. Uh, in the second half, we, we we led the second half by one goal uh, up until the 15th minute or so, which is, I mean, of course, is easy to say. It's, I know how it is to be. And on the other side, you yes. don't really <laughs> win a sort of like a 10 or 15 minute period. But yeah, but on this other side, for once, it's like, oh, wow, like these 15 minutes actually like yeah. if, 
yeah if we do this four times we've got a chance <laughs> exactly and i mean i, I feel I, you I, I actually, i've been there <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i told the guys before as well that sort of okay against guitar i didn't have any hope whatsoever i think we could have played them a million times maybe with a little bit of luck maybe we could win one out of a million sort of mm-hmm. maybe um against south korea i mean it's it's maybe it's just me dreaming but i was like maybe maybe like if we play the best game we ever play and they have this day like they have one in ten thousand times i mean it's probably never going to happen but but somehow i couldn't rid myself of this little little bit of hope uh it's the hope that kills you kim <laughs> maybe or keeps me alive i mean uh, it, it made it. this it made this south korea game all the much better for me like and yeah. it made me all the much more disappointed at halftime as well when, when we sort of yeah we're not we're on top but but yeah i mean yeah we had two against qatar we had like a 10 minute period where we lost with 11 to 1 yeah. south korea same thing with 9 to 1 or, or 10 to 1 uh, I mean, inevitably, inevitably, it's going to happen, right? But, but as you just mentioned, <laughs> it's like, yeah, if we do this over and over, then yeah. I that's I mean, the hearing your enthusiasm behind it and the the way you approach it is infectious, I have to say. And so it's it's lovely to hear. Based on what you've seen, who do you think is gonna gonna get that spot in the Olympics? Uh, honestly, I haven't seen much. Uh, I mean, even as a player, uh, Qatar and South Korea, I rarely played those teams. Uh, yeah. Didn't really watch them play either. Uh, now here in Asia, uh, I haven't seen any any sort of national team handle in that sense in the past few years. Uh, I just know that my players, they are quite convinced, I think, that it's going to be a, a battle between Qatar and Bahrain. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so that yeah that the guitar is also going to be korea then logically okay well we'll find out right kim i've taken plenty of your time already uh i think you need some sleep Probably. right <laughs> no i'll stay out and go out for yeah. a coffee okay <laughs> later <laughs> but thanks so much for your time a pleasure you're to welcome. talk to you again and uh yeah hopefully everything you know keeps working out and you're still involved with the team it's going to be a, a pleasure to see how they get on in january as well All thank right, you kim.